Good morning and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the focus scripture and sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Greenfield Baptist Church. Uh, I would like to share a passage with you this morning. We are working, going to work our way through Ephesians chapter 4 for the next three weeks. As we uh, work on our roadmap uh, for uncertain times. Ephesians 4, 1 through 13. As a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But each one of us, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith in, and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Let us pray. Lord God, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for a chance to be together. And Lord, uh, thank you for the reminder that uh, you are still in control of our lives. Lord, for many, there are some struggles in being isolated and some fear in the unknown and sadness at the loss of things that are no longer. We are living in a different world than we have lived previously. And Lord, it makes sense to me that there are a lot of hurting and sad and frustrated people. These are uncertain times. And yet, Lord, we're reminded that your word is always true. It is always helpful and always, Lord, a guide in our lives if we seek you through it. Lord, I pray that Ephesians chapter 4 would be our mantra for the next three weeks and for the rest of our lives, that this is the way we treat people. This is how we treat each other. This is how we work in community. This is how we come back together. Lord, I pray for those who are afraid to come back into the sanctuary, that you would quiet their hearts, that you would assure them, Lord, that we will be here when they're ready, that we will welcome them with love and care and kindness. And Lord, for those who are already frustrated that we aren't back, I pray that you would give them that bond of peace, that, Lord, you would quiet their hearts to understand that there is a group that in which we are responsible for. I can't help but think of a flock, the illustration that Scripture uses. And, Lord, that flock is uh, a group 
There are some old, there are some young, there are some healthy, there are some less than healthy. And the goal, Lord, is to keep the flock together in one piece. And so, Lord, as decisions continue to be made, I pray that that would be the focus in our minds. That we would understand that the whole is more important than the individual. And that our whole is important to you. Lord, I pray for those who have struggled to give grace in these times. That, Lord, you'd put on their hearts a reminder that they need to be grace-filled as they were given grace in their faith walk. Lord, I thank you that you are a great and mighty God. I thank you, Lord, that we can gather uh, through YouTube and other uh, medias that, Lord, even though we aren't able to be together this morning, that we can still be together in some way. And Lord, I can't help but think of that, those days when we are back together and when we are doing what was normal for so many years, that we won't appreciate the opportunity to spend time in community. And Lord, I pray that uh, we would honor you in our time and our energy and the way we do it. In your name we pray. Amen. So this morning, this morning, uh, it's good to be together. And I wanted to start a series that I felt uh, that is very fitting to where we are uh, in this day and age. Uh, it, it feels really comfortable. Uh, I spent some time in this scripture trying to sort out uh, what was going on and uh, and really seeking God and to make the best decisions, a lot of time in prayer, a lot of time in contemplation, a lot of time uh, on the phone with people of who were godly people who uh, have spent as much time and energy trying to figure out the best way. Uh, God has given us some great leaders, some great leaders in this church um, and a lot of people um, in a lot of different uh, professions who are, have been so helpful uh, in this time. Uh, these are unprecedented times. And we are trying to sort that out just like everyone else is. If you watch the news, you see that. Um, and so it's most important for me and, or to me that um, as we do that, that we really go to the scriptures and we really begin to seek God in this moment. And so for the next three weeks, we'll be talking about the roadmap for uncertain times. Uh, and as we speak about that, I was really uh, convicted in these three areas uh, of this chapter uh, four of Ephesians. And this week we will talk about unify or being unified. Uh, next week we will talk about modify, modifying the way we respond. And uh, in the third week we will talk about rectifying um, those areas in our life um, where we need to adjust. Uh, so today it's unify, tomorrow or next week it'll be modify, and the third week will be rectify. And so I encourage you to spend some time in Ephesians chapter 4. Get comfortable with the scripture where Paul is talking to the Ephesians church. I don't know where you are at at this moment, um, but we have been in some difficult times. And I know this, that there is a right way. And everybody has a right way. We have, I have spent a lot of time uh, trying to figure out the right way. Right? How do I protect myself in this world? 
I have spent a lot of time waking up at 3 or 3.30 in the morning and my mind is just rolling with the scenario, with every decision, with trying to sort out the new normal. I don't know exactly where that's at, but I know this. At the end of the day, I have to trust that God has a plan and that his plan is better than mine. And he's given me uh, a mind to think, to think and to, think, uh, to begin to plan and that his plan is bigger than our plan individually. And so I ask that you would continue to pray in that. Pray for your understanding. Pray for the church's decision making. Because it's important for us to make the best decisions. I'm sure you have watched the TV or social media or have had face-to-face -face interactions and everyone has their truth. And I, I say their truth because everyone has a different perspective on what's going on. How do we mitigate the danger? How do we move forward? Do we do this? Do we do that? Do we stay in our house? Everyone has this different idea. And I've noticed this, and I'm, I'm sad about this. I've noticed that when we first started talking about this, we talked at a normal volume and pace. And then we weren't heard, we escalated that. And then when we weren't feeling heard there, we began to yell. And I don't know if you watch the news, but the news is full of this angst and anger and frustration. And if you watch, if you spend any time on Facebook, it's full of frustration. And no one's listening to anyone else. And you know what bothers me the most? Christian. That is not what we are called to. It bothers me that as believers in Christ, that we can be there. To the fact where we want to hurt someone else because they can't hear our voice. When we can't agree that we will be negative and frustrating towards each other, it bothers me a bunch. There have been some posts on Facebook that I just cringe. In fact, I've backed away from any of that social media because I don't see any value in those posts that only attack and hurt someone else. It's fruitless, Christian. It's fruitless. They call it a beating a dead horse for a reason. Think about it for a moment. A dead horse is not going to change its actions. You're not going to beat someone into understanding your ideals. Today's passage is very similar to that. The Apostle Paul is reading, writing to the Ephesian church. Uh, the Ephesian church was a met metropolitan area. Um, the gospel had spread rather quickly. It was, a, it was a place where the gospel was moving through the city. And in the process of the spread of the gospel, the Ephesian church got this mix of religious ideas or ideals. And they began to mix the truth of the gospel with these other religious thoughts. 
And I really appreciate Paul's um, desire to teach the truth and the whole truth. He felt a lot of responsibility in helping God's people uh, build the foundation of these churches that would continue to grow in a healthy way and not become uh, messed up in the process. I would encourage you to read Acts, read Acts chapter 18 and 19 for a little bit of that background. Paul is focused on telling these people, listen, this is the full gospel. This is what the gospel looks like. Don't be adding things. Don't be putting things in there. Don't be moving things around. Here is the gospel. Here is the foundation. Hold tight to that foundation. And the scripture that, uh, of Ephesians is about, uh, is, was written about eight years later. And I think if you read at Acts chapter 18 and 19, you begin to realize that what was going on in the background probably was still a part of the Ephesian church. Uh, or the Ephesian city. And so you get a sense of this, Paul still trying to work out um, the struggles that are going on. And as you hear today, Paul's uh, yearning for his people to unify together as believers in Christ. The scripture, uh, the this book of Ephesus, which would have been a letter uh, some biblical scholars believe that that could have just been a letter that was actually passed around from church to church to church. And it was, it was circulated amongst the churches to help them all understand how to treat each other, how to live in community, how to work together for the focus, the gospel. And so this morning, I implore you, to ask yourself this question, if I am a Christian, how am I treating my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in this pandemic? How am I responding to negative things that I'm hearing? How frustrated am I getting when I hear something I don't appreciate? And am I putting the first things first in my life? My fear is that maybe our faith isn't nearly as strong as we would like it to be or had hoped to be when we begin to put our faith in things like social media. When we put our faith in the next thought process, when we put our faith in the next newscast, when we spend hours upon hours watching the news and we put our faith in the decisions that are made in the government and outside of those things. Church, we are to put our faith in God first and foremost. That doesn't mean we don't, that we ignore the government or any of those other things. It just means we make priorities, that we put our priorities first in God, understanding that he has a plan that's bigger than our government, that he understands what's going on, that he hasn't walked away from us as a people. The Old Testament is full of those stories where God's people think that God has walked away and yet God is still there. And so if you call yourself a believer in Christ, I implore you to think about this passage. Verse one, it says, as a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. 
One of my favorite verses is my favorite verse because it's, it reminds me of this, that if you're a believer in Christ, you have a calling on your life. There is, God has a plan, a mission. He has set a plan in place for your life. And guess what, believer? You need to live according to that. You need to live your life according to that plan. Romans uh, chapter 6, 20 through 22 talks about being when at one point we were slaves to sin. We were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did it reap at the time when things uh, you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now you have been set free from sin. And you have become slaves of God, bond servants. Slaves of God. And our result is eternal life. Don't minimize the call that God has put on your life. Don't minimize the fact that God is continuing to direct your paths. You are slaves to Christ because he has bought us for a price. The second thing I want to, uh, to encourage you this morning to remember is that you are one in faith over your oneness as an individual. Verses 4 and 5 just pound that into our minds. Paul says, listen, there is one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. And he is over all and through all and in all. Church, we are called to be one, unified together, one. You are not your own. You are not the Lone Ranger. Even the Lone Ranger had Tonto. We are not to live a life out of community and that where our individualism is bigger than our community. One of the qualities that when I am looking for someone to work in a ministry with or to start a ministry with is will this leader be teachable? Will they listen to counsel from others around them? Are they willing to take into account the fact that others may have value that can be added to their ministry? See, because the first thing that I recognize in that is that sometimes people are so bent on their plan that they can't hear anybody else's plan. That, they're, that this is the only thing they can see and their blinders are on. And I have to ask myself this question. If they won't hear another believer in Christ's ideas and at least take them in contemplation and prayer, I'm questioning whether they'll listen to God's plan in their life as well. Because sometimes we get these blinders on and we say, we, I have a plan and then here it is. And I'm not willing to see anything outside of that. That concerns me. There is a deacon in our church, and I, I love the story of, of, of the story of hearing that this deacon was in a deacon's meeting at one point and something came up and it and it really wasn't his thing. And even though it wasn't his thing, they got to the end of the discussion, and he said, even if it isn't my thing. If God is in it, then I'm for it. People, that is the mindset of unity. That is the mindset that says, listen, I may not understand everything there is, 
but I trust that God is working in my group in a bigger way than he's working in my individual life. And that unity is important. If there is one thing that has been fractured through this pandemic, I believe it's even been before that, is this idea of unity, of being unified as a group of believers. And you know why that's important? It's important because it takes us to the last couple verses in this passage that we looked at this morning. It takes us to the point where we have to realize, recognize, understand why we are here. We don't meet in a building for something to do. This is not a social club. This is not somewhere where we get together and we have a bake sale or we have a dinner and um, we make friends and that's not our focus. Is it important? Yes, it's a part of community, but it is not our focus. Remember the focus of our church of God's church in this community. Our focus is to bring others into the unity we have. The focus is to remind us that there are people out there who don't have the hope of the gospel, who need that hope. Look at verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. For what reason? to equip the people for works of service so that the body of the Christ may be built up. That is our goal, church. And as a Christian, our unity is valued on the fact that that is our goal. And when we're doing the Lone Ranger thing, that doesn't meet the goal. Because it says in verse 13, we all want to reach the unity in the faith and the knowledge that, of the Son of God and become mature believers in Christ, attaining the whole measure and fullness. Let's not forget in this troubling time that our focus is, continues to be the same. It continues to be that we bring people to Christ, that we encourage the others in the faith, that if they don't agree with us, that we spend time and energy trying to understand them. Focusing our attention on love over being right. That we spend time understanding, though, although it may not be where I am, I understand that God is working in your life. And I respect that. I appreciate all those who have continued to call and love on each other. I appreciate the, the cards that have come to the church, to myself, to Brentley, to Ann, to, to all those contacts of people calling and being connected. I appreciate the stories of hearing, I went and someone went and dropped off some food for me. I, I appreciate all those things, those uh, financial uh, things that were taken care of. I appreciate all those things that continue to happen. Church, make that the focus. The gospel is the focus. Have honest conversations that are healthy. Check your attitude at the door. Share your hope, because the reality is this, each one of us is destined to die. There's only been one person who conquered the grave. The rest of us will go through death. 
the hope is this, the eternity that is on the other side of that step, that when we breathe our last here, it won't be our last ever. That eternity on the other side is with Jesus if we have put our faith and our hope and our trust in him. He went to the cross for us. He took our sins to the cross that we might have eternity with him. Don't get so hung up on our earthly things that we miss our heavenly God. I want to leave you with a scripture. First uh, Peter 5, 8, and 9. It's been on my heart this week. It reminds me of a time where we're at. It says this. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Do you realize that our Christian sisters and brothers have been going through these similar things for generations? and generations, and generations. This is not new. The pandemic may be new, but struggles are not new. The history of the Bible, it, it speaks of story after story after story after story of those who had struggles. I can't help but think of men like Job, who says he's more righteous than anyone else in, in the world at his time. And his struggle was that he lost his family, his children. He lost his worldly goods. He lost and lost and lost. And some of us are feeling that lost, that we've lost our life. I can't help but think of all those uh, who are about to graduate from high school or from college, who are looking for that moment in their life, this, this crescendo in life, um, and it's been lost. There's a lot of grieving going on in our world today. And rightfully so, we have had a lot of loss. But the scripture reminds me in Peter, resist the devil, stand firm in your faith. Stand firm in your faith. God has not given up. He has not walked away. And I believe that God's people will come out of this stronger, prepared to share the gospel even more. And I believe that people will fill the church in new ways. And that people will come seeking hope in an otherwise hopeless world. That there will be people we meet who will be new, who have never stepped foot in this church before. We will come across people in our lives that we have never shared the gospel with before. There will be people who come to Christ because of all the things that have happened. Here's the question. Let's go back to verse 1. Are you prepared for that calling in your life? Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the reminder, Lord, that we need to be unified people, unified under that cross, 
Unified, Lord, in the gospel and understanding that Jesus came, lived the perfect life, went to the cross, took our sin there, and cleared us. Lord, may we live in reflection of the cross in our lives, that others would see that we are Christians. And I can't help but think of that song. They will know we are Christians by our love. Lord, may our love be the focus as we move forward. May we love people with abandon. May we love people like we've never loved them before. May you put on our hearts the first person you want us to love today. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a great week.